Tuesdays with Noah and Gav, brought to you by the TV Arc and the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah. And my name is Gav. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, here to talk about True Detective Season 3, Episode 5, entitled, If You Have Ghosts. Do, do you have ghosts, Gavin? Uh, I don't know about me. Ha- have, you, have you been known to haunt yourself through multiple time periods in your own life? What? While I'm watching, I'm I'm watching myself give my read my kids a bedtime story, and I'm looking at myself in the past. Yes, I, I have been known to do that, even though I don't have kids. Okay, okay, but in the future, maybe you do. Maybe, yeah, maybe in the future. Who, who knows? Okay, uh, yeah, I don't even know where you want to start with this episode. The second, uh, in the the directorial twofer of four and five from Mister Nick Bizzolato. The one, the only. Um, I I just want to say, looking at it overall at this point, so far, the four and five are my two favorite and I think arguably the two best episodes of the season thus far. Oh, yeah. And I really think that is saying something considering how astounding we thought one and two and what Solnia did with those were. So... I mean, he definitely, he set the tone and everything, but I, I was very impressed with Pizzolatto, and I guess we can kind of start from the top with the action sequence we were waiting to get to. What what did you actually think of the Woodard shootout as it, as it occurred? Oh, I love that it was basically boom, boom, over in two seconds, but the majority of the scene was, I'm going to make sure that I keep the sergeant alive, and he's going to be the one that takes me down. I thought that was brilliant. Okay. I'll go ahead and say it up front. There were two moments in this episode where I got downright misty. This, like, pretty much got me there, and we'll, we'll get to the other scene. But, yeah, dude, the standoff between the two of them and the realization that, like, oh, God, this is what Wayne had to do. Like, he put him in a situation where he has to put him down and just... Even, you know, we only got the one interrogation scene between these two guys. But there was so much exchanged there, um, both verbal and otherwise, that for for that's what this entire conflict shootout and everything that we were so excited to see came down to, um, was this emotional beat. Blew me away. Totally blew me away. And, of course... Uh, lest we forget this is also where Roland actually takes one of the leg Definitely. from you know forget that. one of those crackers as uh as Wayne says later oh, in the episode yeah. and I I gotta say as much as you know I talked last episode about um you know the conflicting interest of like wanting to see all of these these dudes get slaughtered and also being like well they're just concerned fathers I feel like the show wants us to kind of like definitely be on the side of Woodard but like as you know cops start getting shot as well from 
from the get-go, like those FBI agents. Oh, yeah, they were And it's just, it's pretty much just chaos. And it's like, okay, this is only going to end one way. Um, And, you know, also, the fact that he saves, literally saves Roland when he gets the drop on him, basically, because Roland is right dead in those sights. Uh, That element, too, of, like, does he even know that he really did, like, save his life in that moment. But anyways, okay. So I thought all of that was fantastic. What what else stood out for you? And we'll just go ahead and say, we got to save the ending for the end of the cast. Let's try and stay away from that for right now. Um, in terms of the, uh, just the performances, I will, uh, I'll go ahead and say the dinner scene. That was, that was really neat. Um, just to see like really neat you said like just neat to see that like okay like you you have these little moments in uh four it with the the priest and everything and miss uh was it miss Lori that that Roland meets and then like you bump 10 years later and it's like i i knew you know i was there when he met you shit i was there when you two got together like just them mm-hmm. reconnecting it's neat that there's like these tiny little things that we get shown early on and they're kind of paying off but they're not paying off in the present, they're paying off in another time period that we still, we don't know at this point, could all be just bullshit. It could be what Wayne wants. I to know, remember. man, dude, you know, I, I just want to say again, I think four and five have been amazing, but look, staring down the barrel of like, we've got three of these left. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know where we are with the mystery, man. And I don't know that I really give a shit at this point. Oh, no, but no. I, I have a big I mean, theory that I I mean, that I in, a, in a good way, and as much as, like, I am invested, I want to see where it goes, but it's like, I am shocked at the amount that we still do not know at this point. There are still so many questions, and we are, we are beyond the halfway point in this season. And I st- there's so much stuff that's still up in the air. And... I, I am at this point, like, I really don't care how the things, how it resolves because I'm invested and interested, but I just like hanging out with these characters and like, just the performances are incredible and I'm already getting those vibes where it's like, I know it's ending and this happened when I rewatched season two. I talked to you about this a little bit where I was just like, I just want this to keep going. Like, why does it only have to be eight episodes? Like, I just want to hang out here for a little bit longer and Broadly, I've heard a lot of people talk about this season is just slow and they're not feeling it as much, but I am completely engrossed in like every aspect of it. And just thinking about it week to week has has been fantastic. I'm fully on board for this season. I'm loving it. But I'm also like, I cannot wrap my brain around like a cohesive theory for myself. Like I, at this point, I really... I have no idea what the hell happened to this girl, especially after the phone call at the end of this episode. So you said you got a big take. Lay it on me, brother. Like, we can get into more parts of the episode <clears throat> later. But what? where do you think this is headed, man? Because I just, I don't know. There's so many threads. And I really do have faith that, like, he's going to be able to pull this all together in a very, like, cohesive and interesting and satisfying way. Okay. Uh, so... This is, Lay it on me. This is just, this came from our conversation, you and me, 
you asking questions about a particular character, and it led me down this road. And as I rewatched every one of these, I rewatched it focusing on one person. And this is a personal theory. This isn't the Ark of Ease theory. This is just a neat idea that I think would be pretty ballsy, but pretty awesome. So you ask me about the director. You know, does she have a prior thing with, uh, is it, what's his son's name? Henry. Henry. And I said, no, they don't. But the director says that she has info. She keys him in on some stuff, but she's keeping things close to the vest. She's doing this mm-hmm. because you're going to find out that this thing that they're making, it has everything to do with chrono, with like, you know, uh, putting this the chronicles together of um Amelia and how she was this great writer but also because she's the reason for this entire thing she's the one behind the original case in 80 that she she you know will she didn't really kill anyone but she you know will's death was an accident there was she you know helped him try to look and she i don't i don't know how you're going to piece it together that the girl left but if you think about certain things she's she's one of the it's like what are you um she's a writer dewey like you know what do reporters do dewey they they they, they stage the they news they stage the news you know yeah no i know and think about every time oh. no think about every time that he's brought up something about him being frustrated with the case or what's going on in his life regarding this case. Even to the point that we see, you know, the first time that they actually hook up, it's after a big to do with the case. She, every time he's throwing something about like how he's off track or something's going off with the case, she throws sex in the way to throw him off the trail. Absolutely. And I, I just got a highlight in their, their first lovemaking scene which pretty much happens off screen of course we do get one shot that i thought was like straight up iconic okay and i don't know if you felt the same way but her up against the wall with him in a tank top the lighting all of that the dress she's wearing is just straight film noir oh yeah the hard-boiled detective and like just the kind of like smoky air around everything and like with a dangerous woman and what's going to happen. And I, I've been trying to figure out this whole time. I'm like, is she a femme fatale? Oh yeah. Because it it is, it's such, it's such a trope, but we've never really had it in this series. Yeah. Like it's, it's never happened yet. So when you think about it, also, you know, not that we need to bring in outside stuff because I feel like he does a lot of stuff to just kind of divert expectations in general. But Pizzolatto said, given where this story goes, I don't even know that you can consider it noir. And he's talked about it being more of a hopeful ending or a happier, more sunny show than at least season two was. Um, so, again, I don't know if that's all to throw us off the scent or what, but... I'm fascinated by Amelia, and I think it's it's all right there where it could go either way. You know, is she just this slightly opportunistic um, person who's kind of fascinated by all this, but, like, has a genuine drive for, like, figuring things out and the truth and kind of wants to be a detective in her own right? 
or is it more malicious? You know, is it creating a tragedy to have something to write about? Would she go to that level? And I just, I don't know, man. And I love that that's still up in the air this late in the season. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about her. Yeah, because especially given the you know the ghostly haunting version of her that we got a couple episodes back. Exactly. And this episode, that dinner scene, just fantastically uncomfortable. But she keeps escalating it. Like she ups the awkwardness at every moment she can in that scenario. Mm-hmm. And he's you know. He eventually takes it to a level of like, oh my god, they're really like saying this shit like in public, essentially, you know, in front of company. This is really, really uncomfortable. But she keeps pressing it and she gets really offended by like, you know, what I've been working on and him almost like diminishing the book. And I don't like that combined with the fact that he still hasn't read it or if he has, he forgot it. But that that scene of like him reading and connecting the dots of the kid should laugh thing. Like, what'd you, what'd you think of that? Because it's one of those moments when it happened, when she actually said it in the episode, I didn't think much of it and didn't think it was meant to be this huge clue because it almost seemed like, but really out of left field. But then all of a sudden it's like, it's a point of connection here for him and like they bring it up and they have a whole little scene centered around it so what what do you make of that well i thought there was a line from one of the guys that said you know or either roland says it to him like yeah but we knew that like we had our we knew that like you know we had you know eyes on lucy and and the the her cousin but yes for him to put it together that's the thing he put it together so you know, the the only thing that like does throw a, a chink in my theory, like a, a, a chink in my chain of like a monkey in the wrench, whatever you want to call it, is that she, Amelia, couldn't have sent the letter because she wouldn't have had the conversation with Mrs. Purcell before sending that letter. You know, because that happens in an, another episode. Because they find the letter, and then like an episode or, episode or two later they she has the the sit down scene with the mom so mm-hmm. that's the only thing that kind of throws that so i do kind of buy the angle of well maybe lucy made that up to make tom feel better and she was planning on like getting out and running especially with the idea that now uh, oh this guy's pretending to be my dad you know so which they had already kind of firmly planted the seeds of like julie is not tom's daughter yeah. we like we pretty much know that already mm-hmm. The question is, is the father Hoyt, like, literally the, like, the big top dog who we still haven't actually seen on screen? Or was it just somebody involved with the Hoyt family? And how far does the conspiracy go? How much of what we've seen from the higher-ups, the politicians, the attorney general, all of that stuff, how much of that is covering up or you know, making up for just like shoddy police work or just like quick convictions and like trying to please the public versus how much of it is actually like, you know, part of this larger thing. I I, I don't know. And that's what I'm saying is everything right now is just 
walking a perfect line. I'm kind of amazed by it that this, I don't know, you never watch The Leftovers, but it's something we constantly talked about where it's like, how do you just stay on a razor's edge for and like sustain it for that long? And I'm just, I'm amazed that we're, we, we just close out episode five and I'm, I'm exhilarated, but we, we still don't know so many things. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those where I, I mean, I, I have an idea. I, I'm trying to piece together some stuff. Like obviously we got the fact that the backpack was planted and that the guy who, oh, that looks like the backpack. Oh, that looks like him. He is dead and 90 after they re-interview him. And we're pretty positive that that might be the man in the suit. Yes, um, and that's got to be the from guy the, they killed. the haunting sequence. I, I don't think when Roland's referring to him as like, I know what you did. He says, you know, you don't know what you'll say. You know, he goes, I remember what we did. I remember not to say. So mm-hmm. it's obviously not Woodard. It's someone else. And I, it's either that dude or it's somebody else completely. Or I mean, part of what we saw in the previews, and of course, you know, might be designed to keep us off guard, and we didn't get a trailer going into next episode, but it looks like maybe when they get light of this, that they bring Scoot back in to, like, give him a chance to atone for it, like, off the books. Yeah. Um, Like, let him take care of this guy who, like, maybe was involved or like help question possibly. And you know, I don't know what that possibly does to Tom long term. Cause at, at, we haven't really heard mention of him in the 2015 timeline as being alive or dead or estranged or disappeared or any of that. Yeah. At least that I can think of. I don't no, think I don't we've gotten about an that. offhanded reference of like, Oh, this is what happened to Tom. We knew that Lucy OD'd, and we got that confirmed in this episode as well. And dude, just we've already talked about how amazing '90s Sober Scoot is, but him coming in and just like seeing that board, and then the the ad- public address that he does, mm-hmm. and then the scene listening to the tape at the very end. I th- I thought this was really like a highlight episode for him. Oh, definitely. In an episode that also is just, oh, dude. Just we don't even need to have the Emmys. Best actor goes to Mahershala Ali. Best supporting goes to Stephen Dorff. Come on, man. Yeah. That let's just let's get to it, dude. The porch scene. Oh, y'all in the right place. Looking good there, purple. (laughs) Who's that old man with you, dude? Every single beat of it, and I already referred to it earlier. This got me so emotional, dude. This got me as emotional, if not more so, than the finale of season one that had taken, you know, seven plus episodes to build that relationship between Rust and Marty and the backstory of Rust and that moment outside the hospital, the speech about his daughter, the light versus the dark, all of that stuff. It gets me every time I rewatch it. But that's really, that's the scene for me in that season, you know? that gets the feels going. And I was just, I was like, I am so emotionally invested in these two guys. And just like the, I'm just going to say it, dude, the heartbreaking performance of Steven Dorf, who's just like living out here with his dogs. But like, 
he just, he misses his buddy, man. He's like, you didn't call me like all those years. Like what, what the hell? And then they managed to have a reconciliation out of that as well. And the way that he pulls him back into it, man, just like come stir some shit up with me. I just, oh, no, it I, chills I, I, like straight up dude. chills, dude. I, and it's just so excited for like, I want grumpy old men detectives. I want them out like shaking things up. I want them to be the ones who solve this in 2015. I just, I, I want more of that. And I honestly, I could have watched like two hours of them just on the porch shooting the shit. That was solid gold as far as I'm concerned. In the Emmy nominees like highlight reel, the clip they show before you win, this will be the scene they go to. I guarantee you. At least for Dorf. Like, oh, no wife, no kids. So that means no I old get to friends. Drink as much dude. as I want. And like, yeah. But his turn of he's like, don't judge me, motherfucker. <laughs> but I love when he's like, hey, you know, Roller Man, I, I, if you say I did something wrong, and I'm sorry, I, I, I can't remember my life, man. I can't remember my wife. And like, I'm watching this and I'm watching the tears, like the, the emotions that, and I watch the, what we, what I thought was going to be, Oh, trailer for the next one. I'm watching Pizzolatto talk about it. And even he, in his eyes, it looks like he's been crying, thinking about it. Like he wrote the shit. It's his thing. And, he's, and he talks about them elevating yeah. it. And it's a hundred percent. Cause it's like that dialogue is super solid and it's like, it's great on the page, but it is nothing without, it's all these elements. It's the not only the performers, but it's also the makeup artists who are totally making you buy these aged up versions of these characters and like reading all of the emotion on their face. And you don't get you're not sitting there going, oh, this is like, you know, dwarf in a wig and like, oh, look where they extended the jowls. You just buy it. I like I that cannot be overstated enough. And if the, again, it's one of those things I'm like, whatever the Emmy category is for makeup. If these guys don't win, like you're doing it wrong. Um, that's the kind of stuff to me that should win. The stuff that just like naturally elevates. Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, I, I obviously there's room for the more flashy like sci-fi based shows and stuff like that, and all that stuff is great. But this, where it's like convincingly aging up an actor, but still giving them the ability to use all of you know all their best attributes is it's kind of astounding. So yeah, dude, that that scene just that's what kind of elevated this entire episode for me to just like this is i think this is the best the season's been so far and i just said that about episode four it's a great place to be and and having three left but i'm really sad that it's about to be over yeah it's it was one of those i i i well, i mean i watch it one time just to watch it then i watch it again for notes and both times i was just like this mm-hmm. is probably my favorite scene in the entire so show so far, I I, I think it's arguable, <laughs> definitely. Um, and again, the standoff with Woodard really, really got me. Um, and the other the other one again that got me oddly emotional was him. Uh, you know, you have the at the after dinner fight with Amelia. They bring it home, basically. Oh, They're yeah, still kind of going at it too. a bit. Yeah. The kids interrupt. That gets me. And then he walks upstairs, and they do, you know, we've kind of, they'd calmed down on the 
the kind of flashy transitions between the time periods. But I thought this was one of the most effective thus far. But when he's just coming up the stairs, boom, we flash cut. We're in 2015, and we kind of really for the first time get what it's like to be inside his head and just like the way it must feel like falling through your memories like this and it's like I was just grasping onto this like where is it like my literally my family's gone like I lost them what what's going on and then the moment when he sees you know he sees them reading the bedtime story the door moves like and my brain it yeah. brain exploded i was just like this is uh, this is amazing and then he also looks out the window and sees the 80s version of himself right after the shootout happened and it like transitions into that but like him look just looking through time at himself like that i thought was absolutely astounding yeah, dude. Like, you realize that like he's in 2015 looking back at himself in 1990 and can remember that in 1990 he looked at himself and thought, man, we're 10 years removed from, boom, and here we are, shootout, some cracker shot mm-hmm. rolling, you know, do not fucking speak to me again until tomorrow at the earliest, like, I'm done with this shit, I want to go. And I just, it's another thing I, I think is subtle, and I, I'm sure people pick up on it, the way that he talks to her in public just mm-hmm. and I, I don't I don't like to bring it in because I just think it's interesting. I did with the first episode because you don't I don't think about it. It's seamless, but like we're still in eighty. We're still in a time where there are racial tensions and stuff. But the idea of like him talking to her as two black people in the mid to southwest in the eighties, early eighties, you know, post Vietnam, pre. Uh, Rodney King and pre everybody hates police and all this stuff like there in that moment the way they talk to each other to me is astounding I, I love it so when it does spill over to the dinner scene and you're like oh okay these are where the seeds are this is where the cracks start because even though on the surface it seems fine you can t- tell like between the Walmart scene between this scene that they just you know, they're starting to have these fissures of like, okay, so there's a problem brewing. And it's obviously, I mean, she says it outright. It said he doesn't have any agency and he doesn't really think that she did anything like with this cop, but he thinks she's a tourist. Like she, she's not built for this. She couldn't be him. He's a, he's LARP. He's seen, mm-hmm. he's done shit. You know, he put water down, you know, and he had to help deal with Roland and all the stuff that we, don't see in that 10 years like she couldn't do this and he thinks you know you, you just come in here and you you know you latch on to all everybody that you know for their stories and you use them to make yourself feel better because you haven't really done anything with your life but i have like while you were off in california protesting the war with your black panther party i was in the shit you know and you don't seem to understand that and don't mm-hmm. seem to respect me for that you know because they they talk about it a little bit but that's pretty much it so I just, I, the, the two of them together, like, I don't know what else she's been in, uh, but if they, I would love to see them, not as just these characters, but like, I can tell you at least one movie you've seen with her that you liked. What's that? It Comes at Night. What? That, yeah. That was her? Yes. Oh, wow. I had no idea. (laughs) 
let me just, I can run you down the, uh, Carmen Jogo train, because she's, she's amazing, okay, uh, I'll just give you the last couple years, okay, she was just in Fantastic Beast, Crimes of Grindelwald, oh, yeah, Didn't yeah, 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 it. I saw that, she's the, okay, she was in Roman J. Israel Esquire, underrated Dan Gilroy movie with Den- with Denzel. I just Go watched Dan Gilroy's, uh, what's your other one on Netflix? Uh, Velvet Buzzsaw. Velvet Buzzsaw. I watched it as well. Maybe we can talk about great. that on, on, on the movie arc, not on the TV arc. But real quick, I'll talk about some more movies. She was also in Alien Covenant. She was in It Comes at Night. She was in The Other Fantastic Beast. Uh, Selma, Purge Anarchy, uh, Away We Go, Pride and Glory. You remember that one with uh, Colin Farrell and uh, Ed Norton? No? No, no takers? Okay. Uh, but yeah, she's been around, but she's definitely been she's been booming well, over the last well, yeah, couple of years. I mean, I've seen literally like the last four years of stuff you mentioned. I've seen all of those, and I guess I just lost her. In the yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what it is? Well, no. It's the hair. It's not that you... It's the hair. Well, I was, it's the 80s hair I was gonna. That's what it is. A hundred percent, but she just she has a very chameleon like ability, um, much like her character in the show. Apparently, um, no, I'm just saying, like she, she makes the character. You're not focusing on like, oh, it's her. She just kind of seamlessly becomes whoever she's playing. But that's why I was just like, yeah, she was in. It comes at night, and you're like, oh, I had to think about it for a minute because like, you think of her as that character, mm-hmm. um, which is great, and I. She's been really standout in pretty much everything I've seen her in. So it's the same thing with Tessa Thompson or um, what's the uh, who's the girl that was uh, James Bond and then Pirates of the Caribbean British actress. Oh, you're killing me! I I love her. Yeah, come Naomi... on, uh, Moonlight. Yeah. Naomi Harris. Naomi Harris. Miami Vice, dude. Yeah, oh my god, dude! I watched that like three times within the last month. That's, yeah, that is my end all be all. 28 Days Later, I think, was the intro. And she's, oh, God, yes, she's so good. Yes, that was. You're right, yeah. But yeah, no, she slips yeah. into everything. I'm just like, oh, it's her. I love her. I don't care what the movie is. She's going to oh, be yeah, great in it. Total, you know? total chameleon. So. Okay. Uh, this has been Character Actor Corner, or Character yeah. Actress Corner, however you want to, yeah. Um, but no, I'm glad we shouted that out, because I do think, you know, we've been heaping the praise all over... Marshall deservedly so. We've been talking about Dorf. We've been talking about Scoot, but it's like Karma Jogo's over here just like killing it every single episode. Super compelling. Still don't know what to make of her. Like Oh no, dude. Ah. She's totally that if listen. You think she's you think she's the femme fatale. I don't think she's the femme fatale the way you think. I think I there there I mean there has to be another element with the the uncle or the cousin, Julie, uh, Lucy's cousin. And, well, and I, I guess real, real quick, I feel like the only lingering threads we haven't hit on, uh, some fingerprints went missing and kind of behind the scenes. Like, do you think it is an individual? It's that same dude, man. It's the guy that working within the, here, the guy that planted okay. the bag or who's like, Oh, the bag. It's that dude. It's the same guy. Maybe it doesn't go up up the chain as much as we want it to, but that dude Harris something yeah he's the same reason why those prints disappeared. Okay, you know, I just I I got I got to yeah you have to. I mean, again, 
only well, name yeah presumably i guess be. that's that's what he would be tracking down in the next episode is like okay well how did these possibly go missing because yeah, they say they talk to him again yeah. and that sets your threat up hey mm-hmm. you were the guy that collected evidence i put this here you put the evidence from the woodard case here and i mean that's that's another thing too we didn't talk about that gets solved right there we you're wondering who is going to go down for this like we said i told you like I think they're going to pin it on Woodard. Oh, my God, dude. And, again, the whole press conference scene and then seeing Woodard's kids. Motherfucker like, made me carry his water. Like, I dude, don't got enough shit to yes. remember. Or I got enough shit for- memories. Like, yeah. I-, I forgot to work that into my description earlier. I was going to be like, and then Woodard makes Hayes carry his water. I thought you were going to start with that as, like, uh, hey, man. Uh, hey, I'm you know welcome to Tuesdays with Noah and Gavin. We're here to carry the water for you when it comes to all oh, your thoughts about True Detective. Yeah, remind me before we actually. I really screwed that one up. Yeah, remind me before we get done. You, I, I had this like epiphany this weekend, and I I told my friend I was with I was like, text me this phrase so that I can remember to tell my brother this as we are ending the episode as to like the dream of how the whole show ends. So okay. whenever you're ready to like I, actually roll I, out of here, let me paint this. Well, picture I guess because I, I think any, anything be- else you want to. Okay. Um, anything else you want to hit from the episode proper? I mean, again, I feel like we hit all of the standout scenes for me, like performance wise, emotionally engaging wise, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Again, I, I don't know that we pushed the bar like that much further in the mystery, other than the phone call. The let's uh, let's talk about that oh, for a yeah, second. That was uh, oh, and the the drifter that they talked to. That was shades of gun, uh, shades of Johnny Gosh, dude. Dude, like totally. You know the the actor though. No. You know what I was thinking? What? No, I don't know him at all either. I was like, dude, that is baby Shea Wiggum. Oh yeah. The, oh my god. The delivery, like if you watch that scene again, it would really hit me on the rewatch. I was just like the pace, the line deliveries, I was like this guy's favorite actor is Shay Wiggum. Dude, speaking like, of that. This guy rides or dies for Shay Wiggum, I guarantee you. Shea... Ask him. Ask that guy. <laughs> I guarantee oh, he's it. He's from Texas, I'm sure. Um, dude, you got to you got to Martin on Malton on movies, Shay Wiggum like a week or two ago. Uh Amazing, like perfect. Okay, I'll do it. You got to, just to hear the man I talk. Will. It's so. I'll good. do it. Okay, so that I thought was key, the whole pink room thing, uh, and we've already talked about connections to season one, which again we didn't get a trailer. Okay, so apparently what we saw last week, you know, when I was like, dude, at the eighteen second mark, like this is what people were saying online. You get the shot of Rust and Marty. Apparently, what we saw there, that's like, here's the preview for the rest of the season. Yeah, like still to come. But we're not going to get, yeah, like we're not going to get, it said coming up on True Detective. yeah, okay. Not like next week on, just like coming up or in the coming weeks, whatever. But yeah, so that was a preview for the next stretch we're about to see. And presumably, we won't get trailers before each subsequent episode so based on that who knows when the rust and marty thing may or may not actually present itself oh i thought it was going to be this episode episode. but it was not okay again i just want them to walk through the door and we got a lot
about to talk about. No, see, you you're gonna spoil it. My whole thing was at the very okay, end of this up, at the very end of the show, like you're saying, and whatever, whatever, you know, they're having trouble. You know, they're done. This thing's over with, or they think they know what's going on. And let's just say Roland and and Wayne, they're out at a bar drinking, and uh, the two of them just kind of mosey up and they sit at the bar, and Roland's just going on about like you know. I just, I don't, I don't know if we got it all. I don't know if we finished it all. We got it or whatever. And he just kind of looks over at Rust, who he kind of knows, looks familiar to him. He knows he's seen him somewhere. And obviously Roland recognizes him. And Rust just turns to both of them and says, well, you got to start asking the right fucking questions. And then we just cut. That's it. Boom. Like the end of the first episode ever dovetails like the end of season three. That was my big thing. I was like, oh, remind me to say this. I got to work that line into my my version of the ending for Noah. <laughs> if that is how this season ends, I will buy you this season on Blu-ray as soon as it comes out. Okay. Okay. Uh, they have to have that line directly? I was going to say some, yes, no, that exact line. It has to be exactly as you described it. If you nail it, I will buy you this season. I was going to make some outrageous like $100 or something like that. But it might actually happen, yeah. so <laughs> I'm going to keep it more conservative, and we'll keep it at like a $30 Blu-ray purchase. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, P.S. If anybody wants to write in to thearcofe at gmail.com, if you can predict uh, the very last scene of season three uh, before it actually airs, and you don't like work for HBO or something, um, I'll, I'll buy you the season as well. Whoever can call it. If you just submit your your final scenes, write them for me, like script form. I don't care. Do it. And if you do work for okay. HBO and you know it, can you maybe wait like three weeks and then give us a call and yeah. we can talk? Um, if you if you do know it, dear God, don't tell us. Please do don't. not ruin this shit for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dude! Uh, it's it's been a joy. Uh, not only recording this podcast, but just I'm having an absolute ball with this season. Uh, I just, I, I really don't want things. I I don't want things to end bad for for my guys, man. I just I'm so invested at this point. I'm so invested. Yeah. I just I, want them to be okay, man. Yeah. I just want my my grumpy old men to be okay. Seventy one Dude, old black man. Seventy seventy old black man. And a gun. Badge and a gun. <laughs> Go oh, bad shit. I can use a laugh. Just oh. I can't wait, dude. Yeah. That needs to be like the bulk of an episode. Just give me the old men hunting down whatever this is because I still have no idea what it That's is. pretty much what eight and not eight is, right? Is or eight is or no, seven of the first season ends with okay, they're back and they they got a lot to talk about in their in the crazy shed. And then eight is pretty much both of them in present day working it out right taking care of business basically yeah. taking garachi out onto the boat showing him the video uh getting their their leads etc cetera, etc cetera, figuring out the greenhouse and the uh the green paint figuring out that it was the scarred man and that they fucked up i couldn't see they him really was fucked down, up. the sun was in his face i thought it was just dirt i'm probably you know yeah. what? i'm probably gonna go ahead and just watch season one again while i wait for the next episode well no i can tell you that is 
the first thing I'm doing as soon as the season is over oh, yeah. is I've already told myself I'm going to rewatch season one. But uh, we, we should wrap it up so I can actually edit and try and get this thing up. Uh, that was that was our rambling discussion of uh, True Detective episode four. If you have ghosts, uh, I think we had some fucking ghosts, brother. Um, so until next week, um, where we'll, we'll be back probably around the same time. Uh, I've been Noah. And I've been Gav. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. And this has been Tuesdays. Take care, Gumshoes. No, no crazy outro line? Yeah, uh, okay. Take care, Gumshoes. Oh, how dare I? Uh, yeah, so until next week, Gumshoes. Well, I grabbed up my suitcase Took out down When I got there, you were laying